It's the NYMC Podcast with Jimmy and Brenton. Hey Facebook, it's Jimmy and Brenton here. Hello. So we've been a little quiet on the podcast for over the last couple of months. Well, actually weeks. It hasn't been that <laughs> it's long. It's been a while, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. And so we thought as a little nugget to deliver to you, we would actually Facebook Live this one. So we're going to be talking Why not? about how do you keep your faith and your sanity whilst leading a ministry. We've mm. both been around for a little while. This is Brenton's second <laughs> some of year. Us, some of us longer than <laughs> This is Brenton's second year in youth ministry. I've been around for a little bit longer than him. Makes uh, me all of 21. <laughs> you look it. Mm. <laughs> So if you've got any questions, comments, write them below. Um, so do you want to do the three, two, one clap and then we'll do the intro? <laughs> sure. Why not? Cool. Why not? Cool. Hang on. Which intro? As in like just the normal one. Oh, sure. No worries. So okay. we'll record as a podcast episode as well. Done. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Three, two. You're listening to the NYMC podcast with Brenton, Colleen and Jimmy Young. Good to be back together, Jimmy. I'm Mate, glad that we're fantastic. here yeah. again. Again. Finding ourselves behind the microphone and That's right. uh, with an amazing group of people who uh, generally jump on board and yeah. uh, you know keep us on our toes. Yeah, so that's it. Loving some of the the questions we get sent through from time to time and yeah. some of the suggestions. Yeah. Uh, so we've just we've just recorded um, a massive episode about second generation ministry and multiculturalism. We so we, we had a massive clan in, which mm, is good. It was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, good. A lot of wisdom in the room. And it's amazing when you get different people from different corners of the church yeah. who have a perspective on what it means to belong, yeah. uh, particularly as it relates to different cultures. Like yeah. It's it's a huge uh, privilege to be sitting in that space. So look out for that episode. It's yeah, coming. it's coming soon. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So what we thought we'd do tonight is that we're, we're live, we're unscripted, we don't have any <laughs> questions written down. But we just thought we'd have a chat about, you know, how do you how do you keep your sanity and your faith in the midst of ministry? Yeah. Because I think it's one of the most difficult things to sort of work out as a leader. Cause, Absolutely. Because we both started, you were, I was 19. Mm. Were you 19, yeah, I 18? Was, I was about around there. Yeah. yeah. So we were young, young guys, mm. um, lots of faith, lots of, um, I guess, Real ambition. Mm. Like, I was going to change the world for Jesus. I was going to do great things. Mm. And then you hit the wall, <laughs> like, about a year in. And, like, the reality is for youth ministry is that three years in and you're a veteran. Yeah. Like, that's the turnover every one year, every two years, every three years. Yep. Um, and, you know, I wanted to go, look, I've been, I'm 26 now. Yep. Joined when I was 19. So this is my seventh year. You've been here for... <laughs> Too long. <laughs> so just a been, while. You've been here for a while. About, about twenty years. Yeah. And sort of just having a chat about you know why why we're still here. Yeah. Apart from the God's favor upon us and <laughs> maintaining our sanity slash yeah. insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Great questions, isn't it? And I mean, um, you're right to say that the dropout rate is very high. And I think the reality of ministry is such that it's it's a high pressure environment. Um, ministry with young people is never just ministry with young people. We know that if you're ministering to young people and we are disconnected. That's all right. We'll keep, we'll <laughs> we'll just keep. Keep if you if you are um, ministering to young people, you're also ministering to usually to families yeah. um, or to parents or with parents, if you like. Yeah. Um, uh, to their peers, to their you know, to the, the young people in your youth ministry, their friends often indirectly are connected yeah. somehow to what you're doing. So it's a it's a big ask um, yeah. and very demanding. So it is easy to get discouraged. It's easy to find yourself along the way feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And um, and I can certainly recall on several occasions uh, feeling so uh, unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I don't have the skills and the ability or the capacity to do it. Um, uh, and and definitely there have been times over the last two decades where I've hit the wall, yeah. um, taken some time out, yeah. had to regroup and then find myself re-engaging in a way that was much uh, wiser and probably um, uh, in a way that allowed me to continue the journey for as long as I have. Yeah. I think for me, like the, the reason that I've been thinking about this question a lot is just that it's just been partially heavy. Like this last sort of couple of months for for me, mm. and you're in the middle of leading all these people, and you've got these young people who are looking up to you for mm. spiritual guidance and spiritual help, 
and you're helping them work through this stuff and they're asking the question you know where where is god and you're sort of going hmm. yeah <laughs> god yeah. god where are you in yeah. the middle of this yeah um i'm i'm what is the like psalm 42 like my my soul is downcast yep. god i know that you're real i know yep. that you're true i know that you're there and i'm holding on to you but i don't feel it right now hmm. um and that's, that's a really tricky place to be in leadership. I sort of think about it in terms of, you know, we've all, well, most of us would have been on an aircraft at some point in our lives and we've gone through the, the dodgy sort of explanation of mm. making sure that you put on your, your safety mask like yeah. with the oxygen. But yeah. there's always that funny thing of like going, oh, you know, if you've got kids, make sure that you put yours on first and then you put your kids on. Mm. And... You know, I've got little nieces and I go, you know, if they were in the, the aeroplane, like there's no chance. I'm going to put theirs on first. Yeah, of course. But the reality is, is that if you don't have your oxygen mask on and you pass mm. out, you can't help them. Yeah. And I feel like that's the situation for a lot of youth pastors and a lot of youth ministers mm. is that they drive so hard and they, they just get into it that they run out of oxygen and they faint or they collapse. Yeah. And... It's just brutal. Yeah. Like for you, Brenton, yep. like when's the closest that you feel like, I don't know, hmm. not only giving up leadership, but like questioning your faith? Like has there been yeah. like a crossroads moment for you? Yeah, probably a couple um, in all honesty. I think um, yeah, relatively early on in ministry for me, I, I really hit the wall hard and uh, that was played out in, in a bunch of different ways for me. And um I found myself wondering, first of all, whether I was actually good enough to do yeah. ministry. Um, I, I felt like all of a sudden I had become that person that I'd heard other uh, ministers talk about who who had really hit the wall. Yeah. And and I wondered whether you know that meant I was completely done. You know that that maybe I couldn't just do ministry. Maybe I'm not cut for it. Maybe maybe I'm just not good enough. But what, what made the difference for me was as I kind of retreated from that and sought some good support and mm. and uh, did what I had to do to work through the issues at hand, um, I began to read the, the, the scriptures in a very different way. Yeah. And what I saw was a God who... Uh, for whom I had probably come to believe was a bit of a cosmic cop, you know, sitting up in the clouds ready to take to us with a big stick every time we did, got something wrong. Um, yeah. But what I discovered was that uh, there was actually a, a greater truth in in really embracing the God of grace and, and actually for the first time having a real experience of grace where I knew I wasn't good enough. I actually yeah. knew it's, it's true. Yeah, I, good. I wasn't good enough. Um, but you know what? That we, we we are in relationship with a God who actually draws near to us at our deepest point of need, not yeah. after we've got it all sorted out. Yeah. And so that I guess encounter of grace yeah. has didn't just sustain me at that moment, but has sustained me for you know as long as I can remember now. Mm-hmm. And it changed the way I read the Bible. It changed the mm-hmm. way I understood God's presence in the world. It changed the way I drew energy <coughs> from from God's uh, love and God's grace in my experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I still from time to time uh, am tempted back to those old ways of thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, And that's not to excuse poor behavior. It's not to excuse the times when I have done stupid things and you know made a meal of it yeah. um, but it's certainly given me an opportunity to find my way back to god yeah so so yeah i mean i know that that can often sound rather cliche and at times probably um you know something that that i would hope that most of us had come <laughs> to experience at some level but um that's been my experience um absolutely Absolutely. Mm. And just to remember that um, our God doesn't separate himself from us. There is actually nothing we can do, nothing we can say that will stop his love for us. Mm. But those of us who are in leadership, there is a higher investment, there's a higher calling. We we need to be pursuing God in God-honoring ways. And serving our young people, they deserve the best, so let's go for it. But let's never put our our efforts ahead of the reality of our relationship with him yeah so so that's been really important for me Mm. i think Mm. yeah i i really resonate with david a lot Mm. you know psalm 22 my god my god why like Mm. where where are you Mm. why have you forsaken me Mm. um i remember um it was about a year into doing ministry out west in caroline springs 
Sarah, my wife, and I, we'd taken this massive leap of faith across to the western suburbs. Mm. We left our friends, we left our family, we left you know higher-paying jobs elsewhere. We fe- mm. really felt this sense of God's calling. And about a year in, I got sick with chronic gastritis mm. to the point where I dropped out of university um, and I couldn't be the husband my wife thought I was, mm. couldn't be the person I thought I was, couldn't be the youth pastor I thought I was. Mm. <coughs> And, you know, I'm sitting there going, God, I, I held up my end of the bargain. Mm. Like I did, I stepped out in faith. I did the thing that I thought you were asking me to do. Mm. And like, where where are you? Mm. Like, I know you to be true. I know you to be loving. I know you to be good. Um, and I think, you know, I think faith is sometimes, I think we sort of want to decentralize those moments. Mm. But I think for all of us, or for many of us, there's these central striking moments where either God is real or he's not (laughs) like in the middle of it like when you're leading Mm. it sort of places a greater burden on you because Mm. you've not only got your own relationship with God you've got you're thinking about other people's relationships Mm. and so how might my relationship with God impact their relationship well if I share my struggles and the fact that I'm wondering God where are you um, I'm lamenting like the Psalms do I'm lamenting like Lamentations does yep like maybe Maybe people won't like that. Maybe people won't experience that the same way that I do. Mm. And so, like, maybe I'm just going to keep that in. Maybe I'm not going to share that. And I think that's the burden of leadership is that we don't have places to share. Yeah. And so things that stay in the dark destroy you. Yeah. And I'd have to say that's been a key um, aspect of of, uh, sustainability for me is yeah. having those mentors around you around myself um, that I've journeyed with for the best part of my life yeah. you know for the last 20 years there are a couple of people in particular that I've known since I was you know about 15 yeah. um, who are still in my life they yeah. know me well they know my my you know most wonderful attributes and they yeah. know me at my darkest moments um and have stood with me in the midst of all that yeah so i i think having people around us who are older wiser probably smarter therefore always um, always smarter. you know then that is a, a massive um, part of building a sustainable faith yeah so that we can serve for the long haul yeah um so having those those mentoring relationships the other thing i'd say is the peer-to-peer relationships yeah so people again who you are known to that you know yeah that you can speak into one another's lives that you can draw strength from when you're really up against it mm. you know there have been several times when i I've had a, a couple of friends in particular where I've, I've just, you know, at ridiculous hours of the night, yeah. um, just called because I needed to. Yeah. I just needed to. I needed a quick, you know, connection. Yeah. And and by it's just unbelievable that they would even take the call, you know. And yeah. um, so, so finding those peer relationships, I think, um, yeah, we, we need to be investing in that community. And, and I'd also say... Um, you know, developing, um, I guess, a life of vulnerability. Yeah. So, and not in a let's just bleed over everyone all the time kind of way, but in a way that actually allows us to um, be honest about who we are, mm. be honest about our, our struggles, to also be honest about our joys. Yeah. Um, and, and again, just build that sense of connection and, and being known. I mean, ministry can be really lonely. Yeah. Um, or any leadership role can but be really lonely. I think, but I think leaders believe the lie that they can't share. Yeah, like, it's like, true. It's it's not true. Okay. Like the, the, it might be in your church that you don't have people that you can share stuff with because mm. you're in a position of authority over them. But I know that's not true generally. Mm. Like I think my friends, my friends are like holidays for me mm. because <laughs> like um, when I when I see them, when I hang out with them, when I get to chill with them. Mm. It's, it takes me from where I am in the middle of this, this crappy situation and it takes me somewhere else. Mm. Um, for you, Brenton, mm. like what's, been, what's been the key to keeping your faith in the middle of a long life of leadership? Yeah. Um, I think staying, like, I mean, staying fresh. And what I mean by that is um, constantly rediscovering God's grace. Mm not allowing it to just become a theory or an idea 
yeah or something that is kind of good to live by because it's a good it's a good thing you know yeah but actually staying connected to the living god yeah. um and being willing to have those robust uh discussions with god and with other people about god mm. Um, so that I'm constantly, tr- well, I'm trying, I should say, to discover more about God the, the, the longer I'm in faith. And and honestly, giving myself permission to to allow my faith shape to change over time. Yeah. I, I'm of the opinion that if, if my faith is not changing, I'm probably not growing. Yeah. And, and so being committed to that lifelong learning and um, being committed to therefore growing in my understanding of God, you know, God should get bigger. Yeah. Never smaller. Yeah. Um, and I can honestly say when I think back to when I first came to faith as a teenager, it's pretty scary actually. Some of the things I used to think and believe, oh, um, there are certainly some things that are core to my faith that uh, are just core to who I am and what I understand God to be. Those yeah. core characteristics unlikely to shift. Mm. However, everything around that has got to grow. Mm. Um, and I'm finding that helps me to, to maintain a robust and honest faith yeah. and keeps me connected for the long haul. Um, and, and I don't always get that right. I certainly have dry seasons where yeah. I start. Honestly, I've had times when I wondered, you know, do I still believe uh, in the God of the universe? And um, <laughs> just oh, while Jimmy chokes to death here. I'm dying now. Life <laughs> for you all. Um, uh, but, you know, there have been, they've been times when I've certainly left myself wondering, do, do I actually believe mm. in God anymore? Um, so what do you do? Um, I get honest about that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I don't see anywhere in Scripture that God is afraid of our questions. Yeah. I don't see anywhere that God is afraid of our doubts. In fact, I think uh, faith should incorporate a healthy element of doubt. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, faith without doubt is hardly faith at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just certainty. Exactly. So so I think it's okay to be honest about that. Mm. Um you know, I do have some spiritual elders in my life who aren't afraid of my questions. Yeah. And I also try to, to live that, I suppose, that openness with others as well. Mm. And for better or worse, sometimes I, I do that okay. Sometimes I completely <laughs> suck at it. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, that's been modeled to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do go back to, I guess, some of the centrality of Christ. You know, there's... There's a lot of things we can question, I think, and, and we should question about God, about God's existence, about the way in which God engages with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, what, what sits at the center of that is the person Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Christ falls down, yeah, I'm probably going to struggle. Yeah, um, And that's been an ongoing uh, point of discovery for me and, you know, by the grace of God, uh, you know, I still am where I am yeah. um, and hopefully growing forward. So good, man. Yeah. I just see that your wife has joined our Facebook oh. <laughs> Live and then now my there wife. <laughs> so they're asking the question, where are we? That, We're that here. makes a total of two viewers. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think, so, man, yeah. I, think, I think for me the question that I have to keep asking myself as a leader is where are my affections at? Uh-huh. Like uh, I, I remember listening to Matt Chandler in a sermon once. He sort of, you know, if you want to break it down, the Christian life is is easy. Mm. He just says, you know, find what stirs your affections for Jesus, immerse your life in it, and find what steals that joy and run away. <laughs> and the more that the more that I sort of revel in that, the more true I've found it to be. Mm. Um, I've been reading a little bit of Jonathan Edwards lately, and so he's this guy from the 1800s who writes like Shakespeare on steroids, <laughs> and I have to sort of like read him with the left hand and have my dictionary on the right <laughs> but he has this line where he talks about people who complain about over emotionalism in churches um and like this a manipulation and he said that's the whole point yeah <laughs> like when you preach a sermon it should change your opinion about god mm. like it should make you excited it should stir your affections for him mm. and if it's not doing that it's not doing its job mm. and so i think the most dangerous question that i ask myself is are your affections stirred mm. i know that i i preached a sermon recently where i was just really struggling with the reality of um sin and brokenness within our community um you know, talking with people who are experiencing suicidal thoughts and depression and then getting to preach about Saul's conversion. Hmm. 
and I'm just in the middle of it going, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm doing it because I, I know how to preach and I know how to read the Bible, but I'm not I'm not necessarily excited by this, mm. which is a really dangerous place to be it's to the point where I go, okay, that's that's it. That's that's my checkpoint where I mm. go, all right, something's not quite right here. Mm. I need to I need to find a way to keep stirring my affections. because mm. um, if not, I'll I will burn out. Yeah. Like I'm not Christ. I'm not good enough on my own. Yeah. <laughs> like those feelings of um, not feeling good enough, like they are true. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the harsh reality of being a leader yep. as a Christian is that you aren't good enough. Yep. You need the Holy Spirit mm. and you need Jesus. And if mm. you don't have those things, you are screwed. Mm. Um, so, you know, continually asking myself, what am I stirred by? So I read old dead guys. <laughs> like that's just about my favorite thing. Charles yeah. Spurgeon and Edwards and yeah. C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like I read them and I get a better uh, appreciation of Christ and all that he's done for me and, and grace. Mm-hmm. Um, dwelling on the gospel richly. Like I love singing songs. Like if if you've ever had to sit next to me at like NYMC, I apologize <laughs> because my what, what I lack for in quality, I make up for in quantity of voices. Um, but singing just stirs my affections. Like I have to sing. Like on the way here, I was just jamming, like yelling out, be thou my vision. Because um, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm half of what I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for offering or expressing ourselves toward God in creativity as well. Oh, man. And, you know, there's, there's something very special about uh, a human creating because I think at that point we're expressing something beautiful of God's character and nature. Yeah. God, God is inherently creative. Yeah. And the opportunity for us to do the same, I think, helps us to experience something of God as yeah. we are engaged in that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. I think finding ways to... Um, to express oneself toward God in an honouring way mm. is um, really, really important. Yeah. Not easy to do, but um, not always easy, I should say. Not yeah. a- <laughs> and it's funny because some people would say, oh, I'm just not a creative person, I'm more pragmatic. I go, well, actually, I think everyone's creative. Yeah. And to some degree, if you are pragmatic, you can probably problem solve. Yeah. If you can problem solve, you're being creative. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a whole range of ways to, to express oneself and to... Yeah express the creativity that god has given us yeah so um yeah i'm with you i find that life-giving and it's like i'm curious because we it's easy to kind of at times sort of retreat to and try Mm. and fix the 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 hard stuff but i often find i don't know about you or perhaps anyone who's kind of a part of our what what do we call this live (laughs) facebook (laughs) Facebook Live. live um i'm more and more lately I'm challenged to well, where do I find energy? Where do I find life? Where do I find joy? Where do I find those things that actually spur me on yeah. that are motivating and exciting? Yeah. Um, you know, can I ask you, what is it for you? What do you find motivating and that kind of does give you energy and actually mm. builds into you rather than trying to fix the stuff that might yeah. need, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think it's people like I'm, I'm an ambivert. And so if I spend too much time with people, I want to kill them. And if I spend too much time with myself, like it's a dangerous, yeah. dangerous combo. We've been here a while. Should I be, <laughs> should I be moving? Um, anyway. <laughs> no, I think like I just don't do well on my own. Okay. And so I think like it, I, I'm very happy spending time on my own, but I know the longer I spend on my own, the less, the less vibrant my faith is. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, it requires me to be it requires to be thrashed out in community mm. and so I think like what gets me excited like it's it's honestly I think probably my saving grace is that my, my great joy is in the youth that I serve yeah and so watching them work out faith helps me work out my faith yeah and so there's been so many times on a Tuesday night when we have our small groups where I've come just feeling horrible about something mm. and then just left super encouraged by something that they've said. Um, I shared this story a couple of weeks ago at my church and um, it just been a really tough week for Sarah and I. And I was sort of, we, um, we were doing this thing about Ecclesia, like the gathered church. And so one week we um, gathered around, had a meal and sort mm. of um, just shared encouraging things and sang, sang songs. And the other week we sort of did this bless the West thing and sort of went out and served meals. And then, so we we're sitting around sort of sending encouraging things and 
encouraging each other as Christians. And so I was sort of saying, look, you know, I have had a tough week and I want to share that with you. And I'm clinging on to 2 Corinthians 4. Mm. You know, um, we're made in broken jars. Mm. Um, though we are we are crushed. We are, though we are perplexed, we're not crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ lives in us even though we die daily. Mm. And these, these momentary afflictions are nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory. And uh, one of my youth took me aside afterwards, and he's like, "Jimmy, I, I've got, I've got, I've got a word for you." I'm like, "All right, hmm. let, let's hear it." It's like, "Yeah, Hebrews 12." I'm like, "Dude, that's exactly <laughs> what I needed to hear. Yeah. I needed to hear, uh, you know, for we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Set your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy afforded to him endured the cross." He's like, "Actually, Jimmy, I meant like a little bit down further." Talking about how to endure discipline as joy. I'm like, dude, I'm going to throw you in a bin right now. But what he said was true. Yep. Like, it was a good word. Yeah, and so, like, it was encouraging to me being reminded of the gospel by these young people yeah. hanging in there like that. What, like, reverse question. What about what about you? Yeah. Like, what what gets you excited about your faith? What yeah. I, I think um, it comes back a little bit to that question around the creativity piece. And uh, I'm a, I can't help myself but to kind of just have a great dream session <laughs> about yeah. what could be. So I'm really motivated by, um, you know, a, a lot of Jesus' words around the coming kingdom, you know, yeah. that it is it is now but not yet. And, yeah. um, and I'm constantly asking God, what does a redeemed version of this world look like? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, and I find that energizing. I really, I find it, um, it actually inspires me to mm. want to be that redeemed version and mm. and inevitably it begins with each and every one of us it's a it's a it's a constant and continual choice to try to be that yeah. redeemed version of humanity um, of life of light in the darkness of yeah all that so mm. so I find when I start to sit with those concepts and ideas I can't help but start to actually put pictures and ideas and to um, counter what i might see in the world that could at times be yeah. just downright depressing yeah you know um current case in point what do we think of <laughs> you know uh leadership on a on a grand scale or be it national or international yeah. leaders and i think man i think generally the american elections are going very well <laughs> I, I find that just disturbing um you know but but I'm also challenged yeah. with, well, how right is my heart in the midst of leadership? And what does it mean for me to be an alternative reality to that? Yeah. You know, it's unlikely I will ever get the opportunity to lead a nation. I would vote for you but, as US president. <laughs> well, there you go. I think most of us would vote for anything other than the two options at the moment. We shouldn't get too political. We could have American friends watching. Sorry about that if we are. Um, Good job. But, but anyway, our, yeah, for, for me, it's it's having a bit of a dream session going, God, what can we yeah. actually do today right now in my sphere of influence that could actually see your kingdom come in ways so that young people particularly uh, in and around me might see something of who you are, yeah. might be captured by the, the immense beauty of, of that and all that that could be and also be inspired to get involved in that and yeah. and therefore be that for others. Um, yeah. You know, I work for an organisation whose um, whole kind of MO is summed up in our name, Mustard, you know, based on the, the parable of the mustard seeds uh, that Jesus talked about. And, and ultimately uh, in that whole range of parables that he talks about in in, um, Matthew 13 Uh, and effectively he's saying small things make a big difference yeah you know so so what can I do now today uh, as I engage other people as I engage um, young people in my world what are small things I can do that will sow the seeds Mm. to eventually make a large difference in somebody else's life yeah so I find that motivating so whenever I'm having a tough day or I'm feeling like ah, it's all too hard or I, you know I kind of get back to basics and just go okay there's got to be something yeah something I can engage with now mm. you know smile at a stranger or go and do something <laughs> not in a creepy psycho stalker kind of you way you know. first <laughs> Brenda Colleen <laughs> stalks creepily find find something to do you know yeah so tricky yeah. tricky question yeah it's 10 o'clock yep on a Monday, and our wives are looking at us over Facebook Live. <laughs> yes, uh, this is true. Yeah. We're neither of us are inclined towards laziness, mm-hmm. nor are we mm-hmm. unambitious. Hmm. How I th- I'm I'm 
incredibly inclined to believe that a Sabbath rest mm-hmm. is super important mm-hmm. and knowing that I'm horrible at taking it. <laughs> what what do we do with that? Like mm-hmm. how do you, how do you take Sabbath rest? Uh, I think yeah, not very well is yeah. the honest truth. Um, and those who know me well would certainly testify that that that's a um, that's an area of weakness for me. Yep. Um, and one that I am constantly having to um, uh, come back to and be intentional about. Mm-hmm. Um, I find for me the okay the concept of rest or Sabbath is um, often more about discipline, mm. right? So if I'm working too much or if I'm doing too much, yeah, if I'm working too much, it's it's usually because I'm not being disciplined about either the time that I do have yeah. or the things that I know that I uh, should be prioritizing. Yeah. So if if i'm being disciplined about that then i find i'm much more likely to be disciplined about time off yeah um believe it or not i find mundane tasks really helpful in helping me stay disciplined about that for example here's the thing right if you have lawn at your house grass and you just don't cut that yeah. for weeks then it gets messy quick, right? No, it doesn't. Mine, mine just <laughs> oh, stays the same way. It's so and If I believe it in my mind, <laughs> it, name it and claim it, it, it the lawn version. It's so, <laughs> it so gets out of hand quick, right? And, and honestly, um, I've had a few times in recent times where it's just got out of control, right? And, and that is a constant reminder to me yeah. that I've not committed to the discipline of just maintaining our yard. Yeah. Know? But you know what? When I after I mow the lawns, <laughs> the the sense of joy and yeah. personal pride. This yeah. is so stupid and so trivial. I defeated you, grass. It's so trivial. But honestly, once once I've done that, there is this part of me that goes. I feel so satisfied, and it's not productive. It's not no. efficient. It's yeah. not getting work done. It's actually yeah. just tending to our garden. Yeah. Um. Uh, so so little things like that are a constant reminder for me stay on top of your tasks mate like yeah. be be disciplined about um, the things you need to be doing and those mundane things if you don't attend to that yeah. over time they build up yeah and if you're out of control and undisciplined with your time to begin with then guess what that spiral effect kicks in hard yeah. and then it's it's worse so being disciplined about those things, the small things, help me to, to break from my work world. Yeah. Um, and, the you know, it's not just me that enjoys it. Everybody in my family loves it with the, the grass is cut nice yeah. and fresh, including the dog who rolls around like a crazy <laughs> maniac. Um, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, so, so I suppose discipline is a big part of that for me. Yeah. So I find if I focus on discipline and outwork that, yeah. in a way that is healthy, yeah. then balance follows that. Yeah. I think I think for me, like, I think it, you're right, it's a discipline. Like, but but for me, I have to, I have to schedule it in. Yeah. Like, I'm not, and like, I have to be oddly specific about it. Like, mm. at nine o'clock, I'm going to go and get a drink. Yeah. And then at 10, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go down to the beach or something like that. Mm. Because, you know, I've got, I've got an ADHD mind. Mm. And so like, it's always looking for something new. And so unless it's like that, I'll just, I'll either watch, you know, 20 hours of Netflix mm. or I'll do work on my day off. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know I have this constant communication with my wife sort of going, yeah, I know, I know that I haven't done the laundry. I haven't done the dishes or I haven't put any of my things away. I'm just really busy at the moment. Mm. The problem becomes when that busy day becomes a busy week and that yep. busy week becomes a busy month and yeah. then it becomes a busy life yep. and then all of a sudden you've you're missing out these really key things um and i think like with with faith with sabbath with rest like there is the discipline like my my pastor always has this conversation with people and they say i'm feeling distant in my relationship with god and he says okay that's uh that's really common mm-hmm. so you come into church mm-hmm. I'm like uh you know i come every two weeks mm-hmm. so uh Okay, so you you in a small group? Oh no, not really. Okay, catching up with another Christian. 
nah, not not really connected yet. Uh, mm. So you're in your Bible. Ah, mm. uh, you know, every so often. Okay, so you're praying. <laughs> nah, nah, well, uh, you don't want to get around to it. It's like, okay. So you're not coming to church. You're not in a small group. You're not catching up with other Christians. You're not reading your Bible. And you're not praying. Like, mm. how do you expect to have a fully functioning relationship with God? <laughs> um like you just can't, it's mm. not, God doesn't supernaturally impose mm. like spiritual affections to us. Mm. There is a discipline in reading his word and in praying to him and mm. sort of like the wrestle mm. of working out faith. Like that's where so much spiritual growth comes from. And like you were talking about earlier, like if things don't change, mm. it's probably a good indication that we're stale. Mm. Um, I think I think about that so often in my own life with Sabbath. Like the reason that I don't have it is because I don't plan it. Mm. And the most likely reason that I'll burn out of ministry is because I haven't planned rest. Like I don't, I don't find it hard to keep working. Mm. Like that's my great joy, but my great joy will leave me off a cliff if I'm not careful. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's true for many Christian leaders. Absolutely. Like um, that, the great joy that they have in, in leading a ministry or in serving young people or in serving the church mm. will kill them. Yeah. Um, just run them off the edge. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing is like your character. Yeah. That's what it destroys. Yeah. Like the most, I think the most dangerous thing as a leader is to become good at your job, especially mm. a Christian job, mm. because you can be good at preaching, but not love Jesus. Mm. And you can be good at leading a ministry and not have a heart that's really right. Mm. And you can talk to young people about, uh, you can talk to them about the gospel and mm. you can not feel the fruits of it. Mm. And that's devastating yeah. because you're just, you, you're not living out of like mm. what's true. And the, there'll be a cognitive dissonance between mm. this is, this is my reality and this is what I know to be true. Both of those can't be true. One of them must be false. Mm what's what's easier to jettison well i'm not feeling it so yeah yeah. well i think there's a constant um eroding you know that occurs over time when we don't tend to anything yeah um especially our our awareness of god's presence in our life and and our awareness of god's presence in the world so whatever we need to do to stay connected Mm. we actually and I, i agree with you there are lots of ways to engage with with the living God, <laughs> so many ways. Yeah. Um, so we need to find how it is that we can engage with God's presence in our life yeah. and in the world around us, uh, in order that we stay connected, we stay sharp, we um, yeah. we stay energized. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it is just a, a slow eroding um, uh, experience to the yeah. point where there's nothing left. You yeah. Know? Um, and and that's a terrible place to be. For anyone, yeah. you know, in any situation or circumstances. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I absolutely think that we need to be diligent about that and disciplined about it. Um, but I also think we need to find a, a freedom in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's interesting. <laughs> there's, there's there's lots of ways to approach faith. And one of the ways to approach a faith life is to be so brutal with ourselves that yeah. it, it loses its joy. You know, I, yeah. I actually meet a lot of people for whom, oh, okay, well... <laughs> I guess I better do this because, you know, um, yeah. because that's what God says I have to do. And it's just <laughs> all intense and hard work. And uh, and, and yeah. yet yet the question I have for those quite often is, dude, when do you have some fun? Yeah. You know, the ministry of play is real. Yeah. Um, God God invites us to enjoy yeah. you know, and to find life and life in its fullness. So yeah. what does that actually mean? And yeah. where do we find that joy? So, so sure let's let's be diligent about our discipline and let's ensure that we're finding ways to engage with god in the world at the same time there should be a a joy that comes with that Um, i love that when when the apostle paul um, talks about uh uh you know the fruits of the spirit Mm. joy starts with love the next best word he could think of in that list of things was joy yeah you know so there should be a joy, yeah, a lightness um, in our experience. Without that, it's pretty hard. Um, I read uh, John Piper's Desiring God recently, and I don't like if you're listening, you might not be a fan of John Piper, that's mm. okay. 
But for me, it was like living in a 2D world and suddenly realizing there was a third dimension <laughs> because like his opening chapter is all about like we're, we're primed for joy. We're primed to seek our mm-hmm. own happiness and God has programmed us in such a way that our greatest happiness is him. Mm. And like for so much of my, my young Christian walk was going, how do I please God? Mm. Um, and so reading that and going, well, God's most pleased in me when I'm actually most pleased in him. Mm. Like that's, that's what he wants. That's how I glorify him. Um, and like that's so radically different to some of the, the experience of so many Christians. Like you ask some of the young people I, I talk to and go, how's your faith going? It's like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Don't ask me that question. Mm. Uh, well, I did this on my checklist. I read my Bible and I did all this stuff. Mm. And we can fall into the same trap as leaders. Mm. I wrote the study, I preached the gospel, I did the sermon, I did all that, but you know, where's your joy at? Mm. Like, are you, you enjoying God? Mm. Um, and not just in a way that you can talk to your friends about, but deep down in your soul. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you do when you're not feeling that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably a bad person to ask, partly because um, uh, I tend to just keep going. And yeah. Um, whilst there is an awareness of that, I, I do my best to, to push pause on the things that I need to push pause on to recalibrate. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I engage in a discipline of self-care as best I can outside of, um, you know, outside of my working world. So I, I have a supervisor or a spiritual director and someone that I sit with regularly who also happens to be a psychologist and who can probe at the kind of the, the deepest parts of Brenton. And um, that's a scary thought, <laughs> I'll tell you now. But, but I need that because that is a monthly non-negotiable for yeah, me. Right? So I try to catch, catch it before it gets to that point where there's just no joy. Yeah, it's good, man. I don't always get that right, but that's my intention. And so putting in those regular checkpoints as a rhythm yeah. Uh, helps to prevent getting to that point. Yeah. The other thing is just over the years I've come to recognize what starts to happen for me mm. internally, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I get um, – uh, I get uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not bitter, but I start to get a little cynical. bit jaded and cynical, yeah. you know, and some of that is my Gen X-ness coming, <laughs> coming through. But It's fun so, to be cynical so, for a while. Some of that is also when I'm not functioning great, yeah. you know, um, because, again, I know I'm at my optimum when I'm actually thinking, you know, God created this world and God said it's good. Yeah. And, and so God, show me your goodness and help yeah. me to be – that goodness. Yeah. Now that's a far better response. It comes back to that kingdom stuff we were talking about before. Um, it's a far better response than to kind of sit back and be cynical. Um, you know, anyone can be cynical. And yeah. I, I still remember a teacher who said to me once when I was in high school, any fool can criticize, mm-hmm. but it takes a person with the eyes of God to see true beauty. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's stuck with me forever, you know, and yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, and if I can live that just a little bit, yeah. I'm far less likely to kind of swing to that other place. Um, and, and the truth is, you know, I've also learned to be kind to myself. So when I do get to that place and I acknowledge it and recognize yeah. it, then it's not the end of the world. You know, there was probably yeah. a point in time when I would really beat myself up. Ah, yeah. oh, you've gone there again. You know, you you're angry and bitter and blah, blah, blah. Um, why are you full? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I tend not to do that yeah. um, so much these days. I tend to kind of sit with it, pause on it, uh, retreat from it yeah. and start to just acknowledge, look, it, it's not a good place to be. Yeah, Something's got to shift. Yeah. What do you need to do? Whether it's going for a walk and, you know, I find listening to podcasts really helpful. Yeah. I'll do that. Whether it's, um, sitting in the sun, which is a little trickier to do because it's now nearly mid October. Oh, Melbourne! And Melbourne, you're doing it wrong. Whatever this is, it's spring I'd for crying out loud. Winter. Anyway, um, so you know, go for a walk in the sun, or find a friend and yeah. just go and hang out. Yeah, laugh, get some stuff off your chest. Someone you can just be blunt and honest with. Yeah, put it where it needs to go. Let them listen, laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, set your back on court. You know, so they're the, the sorts of things that I tend to do um, when I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was really cool, like he mentioned, like seeing spiritual directors and psychologists. Yeah. Like 
that's something that I think about quite a lot. Like from time to time, I've sort of engaged counsellors and psychologists. And I think there's a real stigma within mm. Christianity of, ah, uh, like, no, you don't, you don't need that. Mm. Like you can just talk to your pastor or that kind of stuff. Mm. Whereas I go, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that's not functioning properly. Like I'm not, I'm not depressed. Mm. I don't have depression or anxiety or any identifiable mm. disorder. Mm. Uh, I know my wife's a psychologist, <laughs> right? She'd tell me, um, she's great like that. Um, but I'm not functioning right. Yeah. And so I need to be functioning right. Mm. And like you, like Paul, Paul sort of talks about this Christian journey as an endurance marathon. Yeah. Like run the race well like with great discipline and so you you can't you can't endure well like if you're faltering mm. like if there's something stopping you from running the race well you need to deal with it mm. and so if it's that you've got no one to talk to about stuff go find someone to talk to mm. if you're dealing with you know um just real um, lack of you know excitement or joy find a way to deal with it mm. if like some you're not getting enough time to stir your affections, deal with it because this is too important to burn out. Youth ministry is is far too important mm. for us to be losing youth ministers every two years. Mm. Um, it's far too important for us to see leaders be struck down by character mm. or by um, a, a number of different things. You know, a recent study came out and said like at any time, like 20 to 30% of pastors are away dealing with some kind of mental health issue. Mm. Like that's brutal. Yeah. Like that's, if you've, you watched our podcast with Jono yeah. um, a couple of months back, that's not, that would be really easy to go and say that's an isolated experience and yeah. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just not, it's, it's the common experience mm. for, for a lot of those in pastoral ministry. And like, I think youth ministers aren't exempt from that just mm. because, We've got a, a, a littler sphere of influence than the, mm. the head pastor. Hmm. We've still got a lot of people who, who look to us. Yep. And the reality is is that when we start out, we don't know what we're doing. Hmm. And so we get caught into all these nooks and crannies hmm. and just beat down. And we yep. don't have the support networks and the, I don't know what the right word is, but sort of the, the systems in place to yep. sort of cope with all this, the coping mechanism. Yep. Absolutely. It does take time, I think, to build up that um, that stamina. Yeah. You know, it's it. I like the analogy of the marathon that you just yeah. raised. It's. I don't know many people. In fact, there might be one person in my entire life that I've met who basically got up one morning and decided I'm going to run a marathon today, and, yeah. and did. You know. Yeah. Most people will start. You know, five k's, ten k's, fifteen k's. Let's do a half marathon. Twenty. Yeah. What is it? Twenty one. I don't know. Whatever that is, half marathon, yeah. and and build up toward that. And and you know what? Ministry is the same. I, I can certainly recall in my first appointment, thinking, "Yep, I'm prepared to dig in and go long term." And I discovered twenty that, years first church. <laughs> you know, I discovered. And look, some people do that, and yeah. that's amazing. I, nothing but respect for them. I, I discovered real quick, I didn't have much more than a couple of years to give. Yeah. You know, just in terms of capacity yeah. and experience and ability. Now, I could have grown into some of that. Um, but but certainly there was, um, yeah, there was definitely an acknowledgement that I, I need to build that stamina mm. over time. Um, and uh, you do you do grow. So take heart, you know, if you are, if you are a, a person just starting out and you're finding it really, really tough... Um, can I say that over time it does get easier and you, you genuinely do build that, uh, that muscle of, you know, that stamina to be yeah. able to go the distance, um, particularly when things get really hard. Yeah. So I've found that to be true. Um, yeah. But you do have to stay. Like it's – Yeah. You've got to stay. That that doesn't just happen. It's like anything. If you go to the gym and you want to press 150 kilos, I don't, again, I don't know anyone that can do Off that. Off day. Uh, yeah, then then you've got to build up to it. Yeah. You know. So. I was, I, like, as you were speaking, Brent, and I was really reflecting on, on yesterday. So I did, I did around the bay yesterday. Mm. And so 210 Ks, we started at 4 in the morning. We left home, 4.30. And uh, we started at 5.30, 10 plus mm. hours on the bike. Um, burned about 6,000 calories. And so the, the hardest thing wasn't the distance, it wasn't the time, it was the wind. Mm. And so as we're traveling from uh, Werribee to 
Geelong was flying along, we've got the wind at our back. And I think that's often our, our first experience of ministry. Like we've got the ambition, we've mm. got the excitement, we've got the joy and it's, it's easy. And then suddenly as we hit Queenscliff, these 40 to 60K winds came across mm. and you just go, I want to, I want to quit. Like, <laughs> I, I want to give up. I, I don't want, I don't want this anymore. Mm. And, um, I was really struck. So we, we went from Sorrento to Dramana and um, on to Mornington and, and all those kind of places. And we, we got to about Frankston and, you know, the winds are crazy. And so we're trying to work as hard as we can. And then in the end, we got to Mordialic. And so it's 180 Ks in. And I turned to my friend and I just said, I want out. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to quit. I want to stop. I don't want this anymore. And he, he turned to me and said, I, I can't let you quit. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of, for a lot of us, I think I look back when I was young, I didn't have that person who was going to stick around and say, I won't let you quit. Yeah. Like I, you've invested too much in this and I've invested too much in this to sort of say, um, I'm not going to let this, this happen. Yeah. Um, and so he nursed us to the end in the end. Hmm. Um, but I think that's the great difficulty is that when you're when you're 19 or 20 or 21, mm. you don't have those people in your life that can be the rumble strips yep. who can see when you're sort of wavering and yeah. when you say I'm I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to just tap out of, of leadership. I want to tap out of my faith. I want to tap out of it all. Yeah. They can go. I'm 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 here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. I love the imagery um, of the peloton. Yeah. You describe it's. You know, I'm not a cyclist <laughs> at all, in case you haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I just love the, the image of the pack. Yeah. Um, and what happens in the midst of that, people go forward to help pull the rest of the, yeah. the team along and then they drop back and allow others to press forward, yeah. which helps pull them along. And, um, you know, that I think often leadership is a lot like that. Yeah. You know, we don't always have to be the one leading the charge but yeah. we can be a part of the front running pack to yeah. to get to the end in, in good stead and um, you know there have been many many times when I've, I've been dragged along by the strength of others yeah. you know and I think that's that's a healthy yeah. thing you know we no one says we have to be doing that by ourselves all the time <laughs> it, was a, it was a really cool image so I, I rode with my best mate Tom who was on the podcast a mm. couple of episodes ago yeah. So I remember three years ago, we did our first round the bay, 100Ks from Sorrento to mm. Melbourne, and he just about died about 85Ks in. And so it was me at that time sort of going, hey, mm. I, you, can, you can make this. Mm. Let's, let's do this. I'll, I'll draft you in. Whereas yesterday was him dropping mm. back to sort of push me along. Um, You've got to find those people. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's so incredibly vital to have people in your life who just, they're not going to accept mediocre answers to tough questions they're not going to say oh i'm really sorry that you're feeling down yeah (laughs) they're they're going to care enough to sort of get in the dirt with you um it's just it's it's vital yeah i absolutely agree mate i'm conscious it's getting late yeah (laughs) we should probably wind this up um i can't believe people people are still listening i know it's great it's it's, what is it's like 20 to 11 this is ridiculous just Uh, just a light free unscripted (laughs) chat because we can right yeah so uh, we should wind that up um yeah thanks for being honest mate it's been great to pleasure um to share some stories with you and um thanks for those of you who've been a part of this uh this facebook live experiment experiment, whatever it is uh so you have been listening to the nymc podcast again if you'd like to check out more about nymc go to the website nymc.org.au you can also download lots of sessions from previous conferences if that interests you as well some of the most amazing facilitators of ministry all over the world so Feel free to check that out. Uh, you might also like to drop us a line. We love to hear from people uh, with ideas and suggestions. Um, anyone got any ideas about what you might like us to cover in terms of topics and perhaps suggestions of uh, different guests we might be able to have on as well. We would love to hear more from you. Otherwise, we look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Take care.